Yeah, welcome to Dean Bodie Podcast. How's everybody doing out there? And it's Dean and Bodie Show. And hope everybody's having a good day today. Uh, we're doing our thing over here, Dean Bodie Podcast. Remember, um, wherever you get podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or Google. And don't forget to subscribe. We're going to be doing these daily. We're going to be bringing joy vitamin into your life. And as we're going through all this other stuff, everybody's talking about the same stuff. Not here. We're going to be talking about everything but all that crazy stuff. We might dip our toe into it once in a while. I mean, we're not in outer space over here. We're in Dean Bodie, planet Dean Bodie. That's where we, we live over here. Okay? And um, having fun doing this. And, you know, we did a short video earlier today and talked about how man, we're having a lot of rain out here, out here in Dallas, Texas. A lot of rain. And when it rains out here, it pours. So, um, sometimes for days, I mean, I'm not kidding, you know, and I'm originally from Florida and when the rainy season comes and hurricane season, I get it, but usually it's like rain up to like noon and then you hit the beach out here in Dallas. Number one, no beach. (laughs) Number two, all day rain. And you got to find these pockets as you're looking at the weather thing on your phone and it's like, then you make your move. Sometimes there's no move. There's no move to make. Just rain all day. And you got to put your rain gear on. And you got to put your, your, as they say, your big boy pants on. And let's get going. You got to run out in the rain sometimes. Sometimes you just put the hat on, the coat, the jeans you don't care about, the shoes, the sneakers that are durable. And you just say, whatever. And you walk at a normal pace and you go. Let Bodie do her thing. Come back. We dry her off with the towel. Done. We've been stuck in places before uh, quite a ways away on a long walk, like blocks. Like, I don't know. Let's say on going on like an hour or more walk and you get out there. You see the clouds. But you're like, ah, we can make it. You know, as you as you do, and we go out there, and halfway back, it, the the sky opens up, and it comes down, and Bodie and I look at each other. I guess we're running home, <laughs> and we do, and she runs right there with me. We're not afraid of the rain, a little thunder, a little this. Now, when we get into into the house, and that thunder starts banging and rolling, Bodie no likey, okay. Bodhi no likey, that kind of noise and vibration. You know, their hearing is way more um, amped up than ours is as humans. Same with the sense of smell. It's like the hearing, whatever, 40 times more or who knows how much more, but it's crazy more. And I can only imagine what she goes through with, you know, getting that echoey sound and all of that. So not a fun time. Not a fun time for Bodhi, but we get through it. Like we get everything, we get every through everything else, and uh, do our thing over here. So, you know, we're going to be talking today about some stuff, man, and uh, I'm excited about this. So, flying kites, yo-yos, pencil fighting, marbles, and cinnamon toothpicks. Are you ready? So, first of all, let me tell you about flying kites. Back in the day, man, was that fun. 
I haven't flown a kite in a long time. And we had your, your basic models, okay? You had your bat kite, all right? You had your bird kite. And you had your box kites, which were kind of flimsy and, you know, no good in the dogfight. You can't dogfight with no box kite. Let's get real. You had some of these fancy schmancies with the, with the dual handles. And these guys would do these loop-the-loops and all. That came a little bit after the originals. Okay, back in my day. So, the bat kite and the bird kite were the staple kite flyers, right? And you, they would come, and they'd come with the stickers for the eyes, and you put the bat eyes on the bat kite. I have to say the bat kite was my favorite. The black kite with the scalloped wings, okay, with the, with the eyes they gave you. You got your big spool of string, and it was game on. It was exciting. I mean, you... You want to hope for a windy day. Number one, not too windy and not one that's like you're like running to create the wind and then it just crashes into the middle of the street. <laughs> okay, so, but the bird kite was also, was also cool. The bird kite was like a triangle shaped kite. No scalloped um, wings on the bottom like the bat because they wanted to give it that bat kind of vibe, you know, and... But the bird kite still had some game, man. That thing would cut through the wind probably a little bit better than the bat kite. And we would go and we would kind of get way up there. I don't know. I think each spool of string, um, you know, you get, you get 200 feet and then you get one that's 400 feet. And there came a time, man, we had someone in the neighborhood, um, great friend of mine. And I, I told a story back in one of the earlier episodes about his dad was the coach of the uh, of our baseball team, and he benched me after I hit an in-the-park grand slam because I didn't listen to him, and I didn't take the first pitch, which means you got to let it go in baseball. Pitch was too good. Pitch was too good. I had to go for it. <laughs> so, um, But he had uh, another son. Um, he used to play the piano really well, and um, I remember he made this machine, okay, Battery operated, invented it by the way, okay, invented it where it would it would bring your kite string in automatically. I was like, wow. So this kite, you could get it way out there. I mean, we would get these kites so way out there. And I'm gonna tell you my technique in a second, what which was pretty cool, by the way. But let's talk about this machine first. Because if you had your kite way out there and it was dinner time, all right, and mom was, you know, it's time to come home for dinner. When mom said dinner time, get back. Otherwise, you're going to be in trouble, okay? So if you had your kite way out there and you didn't time it quite right, it's going to take you a while to hand wind that string in and make it to dinner time. Sometimes... You just had to let it go. The kite would go off into kite stratosphere and off into to kite heaven sometimes, just like it would if you got it tangled in, tangled in one of these um, telephone lines. And that was a disaster right there. That was game over. Okay? The kite would be up there. You see your beautiful kite way, way out there, wrapped up in one of the poles or one of the wires, and it was like, okay, well, I guess this is over. Time to cut the string and move on. But so if you had this kind, it was it, the reason I'm bringing up this invention 
because if you had your kite way out there and it was time for dinner time and all that stuff, and he had this automatic winder and he would just hit the thing and it would start winding it in kind of slowly and eventually would get there, but he can go about and do other things. If the wind wasn't too crazy and the kite was just out there doing the kite dance, you know, sometimes you're just in the zone. The wind is perfect. The kite is out there. You feel the tension on the string. Um, you can move it around and make do certain things and make it dive down. And then you pull back and it would go back up again. Not sometimes it would keep diving down and smash into the, <laughs> the middle of the road and that would be the end of the kite as well. Oh, yeah, I remember, too, when you get the – not only do you put the eyes, right, on the bat kite. And I think the bird, I think the bird kite came with eyes, too. But then they would give you that stick, that little, uh, I guess, balsa wood stick, like a little round stick. You'd have to fit it into the back to hold those wings out there and keep it solid. And sometimes when that kite came crashing down, that stick would snap. And you don't have spare sticks, I don't know why they didn't come with spare sticks, but it, it they didn't come with spare sticks. Not good. So you poor bat kite, and now it has to be all folded up in the corner. And, you know, where are you going to get a new stick? you got to buy a new kite. <laughs> so I, that's my memory of this whole thing, man. But we would do some dog fights. You know, like when uh, you you talk about jet fighters and back in, the, in, in you know, World War One or two, whatever, they'd get into these dog fights, um, which is basically coming at each other. And just missing each other, right? And we would do that with kites. And we'd have some cool little dog fights. Some of them were really cool. Like a lot of near misses or you want to call them near hits, as George Carlin would say. And, um, you know, have a, a blast doing that. But bat kite, number one in my book when it comes to the dog fight. Um, and uh, bird kite is in second place. And that's the name of that kite thing. Um, you know, we would deal with all kinds of other fun stuff too. And um, I mentioned yo-yos and pencil fighting, right? And marbles. Now, <laughs> let's talk about this marble thing, man. Because marbles in elementary school was major. And you would go to school with, um, you know, your sock full. You'd get a sock and you'd fill it with marbles. And before the school, it was time to go in for class, we'd be out there playing marbles. How do you play? Well, I'm going to tell you. So you got your favorite ones. You got your, we used to call them cat's eyes. Uh, it had look like a little cat's eye design and some other cool looking marbles, however they looked, all kinds of different colors and some solid, some see-through. Um, Really awesome, man. And uh, you had ones that were called boulders. And the boulders were bigger, larger ones. And those were more valuable. Let's just say that. So you would go up against another kid. And this is all happening before school, right? And you would go and you would flick your marble out into the grass. So his job was either go for the shot and hit your marble. Because if he hits your marble, he gets to keep your marble. And if you're with some kids, man, were like really good. I remember this one kid, uh, no, Carlos or something like that. This kid would hit your marble first try like almost every single time. It got to be like if you showed up to school with like, I don't know, let's say you had five marbles. 
right? Because that's all you got left because you're getting your butt kicked by all the other kids taking your marbles. And you go there with five marbles and you go up against Carlos. Wham, 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 five marbles gone. See ya. Okay, you're done. You got to go trade baseball cards or try to find a way to get some other marbles so you can show up the next day. Otherwise, you're a spectator. You ain't playing. <laughs> okay, but you get the marbles, right? Or you would get the boulders, the larger one. And now when you got a boulder out, the other kid would have to play with the boulder, right? And these were more vibe. These were not, you know, as easy to get and all of that. So when you want to pull a boulder out, you better be, you know, not going up against Carlos. Let's just say that. Otherwise, it's goodbye, boulder. <laughs> so in some of these shots, man, you would make a shot and you would flick it with your thumb, okay, between your thumb and your forefinger. And you would flick it and try to aim it and hit the other marble. And that's basically, that's the marble game. Hit the other one. Now, sometimes you want to like flick it away and you play a little cat and mouse for a little while and all that stuff and make the game last a little bit longer, depending on who you are playing against. But then you get Carlos. Carlos is going back about three feet and flick that thing and boom. He's taking your marbles. He would come to school with a sock full and like mock everybody and he'd laugh and, you know, kind of like, you know, the king of the marble game. And you get develop a little bit of clout when you're in elementary school with things like this. And that's going to segue me into the cinnamon toothpicks that we used to make with cinnamon oil. Gosh, kids used to bring these cinnamon toothpicks to school and you'd wrap them in tin foil. First of all, you got to soak them in the cinnamon. Right. The longer you soaked them in this stuff, the spicier, the hotter they were. So some kids would bring the hotter ones. Some had not so hot. And uh, this was another like currency in elementary school. You know, you got your marbles. We got your cinnamon toothpicks. And some of these cinnamon toothpicks were crazy hot. I mean, to the point where you're burning your mouth. You're burning your tongue. And whoever made those, let's just call them the bomb, they're super hot. It would get around school, man. Did you taste Mike's cinnamon toothpicks, man? Those were unbelievably hot. Oh, my gosh. How does it? it would turn into a whole, like, how did he do it? He's got the hottest ones or she had the hottest ones. And this is elementary school memory stuff was wild, man. And the marble games and all that stuff. They got to the point where everybody was bringing so many marbles to school that, yeah, of course, the teachers are going to take all your marbles away. That's it. Marble game's over. And so we got to pay attention. And otherwise, you got to write, I will not play marbles again 1,000 times on pieces of paper and turn it in. Otherwise, you can stay after school and do it. <laughs> okay? So... That's kind of how things went. And, you know, look, you got to make things up to do to do and fun things we would come up with. And, you know, you get the cinnamon toothpicks. Those things got taken away because, look, you take cinnamon toothpick. Not only is it hot in your mouth and your tongue, but you get it on your fingers and you rub your eye with that or you scratch places where you don't need to put c cinnamon oil at. It's like whole, it's it's just not fun stuff. Okay, this is the real deal. So those things got banned also, but we had fun with it long enough before they got banned, and that's how you do it. 
That's how you do. You would push it as far as you could. Um, you know, so that's the uh, the flying kites and the marble situation. I mean, I mean, and the cinnamon toothpicks. Now we're going to get into yo-yos and pencil fighting. And now the pencil fighting came to junior high school. We're getting a little older now. Now we're getting like, you know, seventh, eighth grade. We're getting into that area in the junior high. Now, um, when you're from Florida, it's different than um, when it comes to school, right? It was different than Fort Lauderdale, you know, because high school in, in Miami was grade 10, 11, and 12. Seven, eight, and nine, junior high. When you move up to Fort Lauderdale area, which is not that far away, one hour, right? Um, no, I take that back. Miami was 9, 10, 11, and 12. But when you got to Fort Lauderdale, it was 10, 11, and 12. Nine was junior high, not high school. So that was a little bit strange. How they kind of made it different like that. But when I was in junior high, okay, Glades Junior High, before I went to Arvida, we would, in shop class, we would do this pencil fighting thing. And somebody would hold out a pencil. Okay, picture you're holding out your pencil. You got it in both sides of your hand. Your right hand's holding one side of the pencil. Left hand's holding the other. And the other kid would flick his pencil on yours and try to break it. So, but you only get one shot each time. So he goes one shot and that eraser side of the pencil with that metal edge, you would try to flick it and create damage to the other guy's pencil. Like pencil war is really what it was, you know? And yes, there was techniques to this. Some kids, just like the marble kids, some kids could do this flick with their wrist and flick it and break your pencil in one shot. And you would be like, man, now you got to pick your battles on this uh, thing. So the marble thing was elementary school. Junior high, now we're graduating to pencil fighting. Okay? And I was getting pretty good at this too. And of course you can't have a number two pencil or like a thicker pencil play against a, a – I mean a, a, a thicker pencil uh, against a normal pencil. You know, it was like apples and apples. So some kids in shop class – were making these special pencils that looked real. I'm not joking. This was really this really happened. Um, out of like a little fiberglass stuff that they had in shop class. I'm trying to remember exactly, but I can't. But it was like a thin round, like a pencil, and they had those in there, and they would. They were orange color, and you would take an eraser from another kind of pencil like a real pencil, and put it on the fake one, the fiberglass one, and it would look like a real one. You'd shave off the end and carve off the end and make the tip look like a real pencil and fool people. And these guys were doing damage until it caught up with them and we figured it out. But they were doing damage. So these guys with these fiberglass weighted pencils were like, you ready to go? And... They were actually saying, you can use your pen, which was plastic, against my pencil. Like they're giving you like a – you can use whatever you want, you know. 
and uh, and still crack your pen right in half with that fiberglass one. Unreal, unreal. But you got you got a hold of one of those puppies, and you go against a regular pencil, and you let them take the first three shots, let's say, and nothing happened to yours. And then you, they would hold their pencil out, and you would in one shot. Right through it, man. Just boom. And there was like the satisfaction. There was like the satisfaction of this clean break through the pencil. You know, I don't know what what it was, but it was like this like victory feeling, you know? And so that that was a good time, man. There's pencil finding all that stuff. And of course, that caught up with us too. And that would make you late for class as you're doing it around the corner in the hall. Bell rings and you're late. That was the end. The people would start. Teachers were taking away the pencil fighting and all that stuff. So <laughs> that was kind of crazy, but fun at the same time. And you push it until they take something away, right? We can all relate to that. And uh, so, you know, the last thing I wanna I wanna talk about too back in the day is the yo-yos, man, because the yo-yos were so much fun, and you would have different kinds of yo-yos. Um, the butterfly, which was like a, a two kind of pieced yo-yo, you know, um, together. But look, they made it look kind of butterfly shaped. Right? It was tough on the hands, man. When you got that thing to go down and sleep, which means it just stays down. And then you f- pop your hand and it comes back up. It would smack your hand and it would be like the butterfly would do some damage after a while. So you get the other ones um, what the Imperial, I think they were, uh, the names um, of the yo-yos. Just nice, cool, clear, really nice-looking yo-yos. And you can do some cool tricks with these. Way too much fun. And uh, went through the yo-yo phase for a little while there, you know. Some of these guys were unbelievably good. You would do tricks like walk the dog, right? Walk the dog was you take the, the yo-yo, make it sleep on the bottom, and then you would walk forward and it would roll down the sidewalk that's called walk on the dog then you pop your hand and boom comes right back to your hand yeah walking the dog once you got that one down first you got to get the yo-yo to sleep yeah you got to let it hang down there and you got to let it do its little windy wind thing get the string you got to prepare the string okay to get this thing to sleep at the same time, you don't want one of these that sleeps too much and you can't even get it to come back. You're like, super sleeper, what's going on? Why aren't you coming back? So walking the dog was one trick. I remember around the world, when you can get the around the world dialed in, that was another level. So you would have to fling your yo-yo out forward in front of you and let it go around in a giant circle behind you, come out in front of you again, Pop your hand, boom, comes right back. That's around the world. Some could do like two times around, depending on how, you know, how you make that yo-yo spin, how much time you got. But around the world was cool. Uh, Rocking the cradle was another one I remember, and you would get it to where get that yo-yo down, get it to sleep, which means it's spinning down there and staying down there, and really whip it down there to give yourself some time. And then you would have to grab the string halfway. Pull it up, make like a triangle shape, and then you would just swing the yo-yo with one hand in between the triangle as you held it together with the other hand. Click, clock, back and forth, 
you can't go too long because you're running out of time. But you get a few, let it all come down. It would go down to the bottom. As that triangle got released, pop your hand, come right back. Then you got a little bit of a, you got a few tricks up your sleeve. You're walking the dog, you're making it sleep, you got the uh, rock in the cradle, you got around the world. Then you got that loop-de-loop thing where you're throwing it out and flicking it back and you're doing this loop-de-loop under your wrist and you could do that, you could do that. Some, some guys were good. They can do that for a long time. And uh, some of the professionals are way over the top. But that's the level of where I had it, but still a lot of fun. But that butterfly yo-yo, man, butterfly, you'd make that thing sleep. And it was cool looking, but when you popped it, it smacked you in the hand. It, it was almost like this. How You would take it for a while, but the butterfly was doing the damage. You couldn't hang with the butterfly for too long because it would smack you in those knuckles on the inner part of your hand. <laughs> it would hurt, man. It would hurt big time. So, wow, what a great uh, podcast today, man. That was like uh, all kinds of stuff going on. But, man, we're going to keep coming at you at Dean Bodie Podcast, where you get podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google. You know, remember, subscribe to the podcast and become part of the Dean Bodie team. All right, Dean Bodie Squad, Dean Bodie Show. Don't forget the Dean Bodie YouTube channel. Type in Dean Bodie. That's D-E-A-N-B-O-D-I. And uh, it'll come up. You'll see Dean Bodie show. We're going to be doing them daily. And I hope you're having a, again, having a great day out there. And keeping yourself, um, you know, uh, from getting into the funk. You know what I mean? Whatever. We're going to go probably have to run out in the rain today. Bring it on. I'm putting the coat on. We're putting the hat on. You get the towel a towel up front by the front door so when you come back, you dry off the boadster so she's nice and fluffy again. But we're going to do what we got to do. Sometimes you just kind of like enjoy the rain. Enjoy it. Okay? And we got tonight movie night with Bodie. Bodie's fired up. What's up, Bode? Yep, Scooby-Doo. It's on, baby. It's on. So we're going to have our time and uh, enjoy a few licky licks of some Ben and Jerry little treats here, little treat there. Scooby-Doo on the TV, and um, that's what we're doing, okay? Running in the rain, keeping this thing moving, all right? Listen, have a great day, everyone. We enjoyed this podcast. I hope you did too, and uh, keep moving forward in life, staying positive, and I hope that Dean Bodie is a shining light uh, in your day um, as we're going to keep doing these and keep coming at you. Dean Bodie's going to keep coming at you. All right, you have a great day. Take care.